Healthcare scholars, uh, welcome to our fourth episode. My name is Norman Wynn. My name is Neda Madni. Uh, and we're both student pharmacists at UT College of Pharmacy. And today we have our lovely guest. Neda, do you want to introduce her? Dr. Priya Patel, we are so honored to have you on our podcast today. Hi, guys. She is the current uh, Round Rock, Austin Round Rock Regional Director of Pharmacy at Baylor Scott & White Health. Uh, she graduated from St. Louis College of Pharmacy in 2009 and obtained her master's as well from the University of West Georgia Richard School of Business. Her passion and leadership stem from pharmacy school as she was actively involved in multiple committees, leadership roles at the college, and community service projects, and currently serves as a community service board, right? Um, her motivation to continue to do this every day is uh, seeing leaders and mentors take their professional development to the next level. During her off time, she enjoys fitness, traveling, and time with family and friends as well. Okay. So... So thankful that she allowed us to come to the new Baylor Scott and White clinical uh, clinic here in Austin. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah, actually, thank you so much. So thanks, guys, for coming down here. Um, so this is our latest uh, facility that we're actually still constructing, and we'll be live by mid to late January. Um, so this is Baylor Scott and White Health um, Medical Center in Austin. This is our first medical center in Austin, so this is a big deal for us. Yes. We're finally in the city of Austin, the, the zip code. Yeah. Um, and so this is one of three of our, basically we call them health hubs, but they're actual medical centers. They're full capacity, they have ICU level, um, but we approach it in a completely different capacity with different innovation and, and different standards, so. That's amazing, and y'all, y'all have to come here and check it out. We'll, we'll definitely be doing a little, a little more video to kind of showcase it, mm -hmm. but it actually looks really it's beautiful It's so here. beautiful, like um, everywhere. They even have Christmas decorations. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty even big. though we're not open. Yeah, even though we're not open yet, but it, it sets the mood. Yeah. It sets the mood. Um, so yeah, do you want to just talk a little bit about your, your backstory yeah. and just kind of give yeah. the audience a little... Yeah, where, absolutely. So um, I, it's been 10 years since I've graduated from wow. pharmacy school, so I feel like it's been a while, but it's been a great journey. Um, started at St. Louis College of Pharmacy, and then we, um, we I, ended up um, <laughs> um, going to Chicago. So Chicago had a training program for managers. Um, Cardinal Health has a manager and training program. Did that for about a year, and they train you basically to become a consultant. Oh, wow. um, so you go into operations, how do you optimize operations, financials, regulations, HR. So in that year, it's not just how to be a manager, but how to look for things to really optimize your pharmacy business. Mm -hmm. gotcha. So from there, um, went to a couple of other sites, um, and I also ended up working for a couple of other companies, and I'll, I'll kind of shorten the bore you guys of the detail type of situation, <laughs> but um, I ended up with Baylor Scott and White Health about five and a half years ago um, after going from you know consulting in outpatient, inpatient, and long-term care different um, pharmacies. Wow. And I ended up at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Yep, Dallas, in Texas. Dallas, Texas. Shout out to Texas. That's right. <laughs> and the funny story is um, my mentor, and we were talking about this yes, earlier, my mentor of almost 21 years. What is, wow. is really why I ended up at Baylor University Medical Center and this entire system. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to give them a shout out? Yeah, Kirk Starr. Kirk Starr. Kirk Starr. Shout out to Kirk yeah. Starr. Whoever Kirk you are. You keep in touch with your mentors. Yeah, keep in touch with your mentors. Keep in touch. Yeah. He's, and he's actually um, the system director of pharmacy here. Wow. But we started out in Topeka, Kansas. 
Wow. Yep, that's where I grew oh, up, wow. and so I was a candy striper, so I know that's kind of an <laughs> old term, but basically, right. back in the day when you actually volunteered, you wore a candy striping apron, literally. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, like red yeah, and white? yeah, but you look like a candy cane, and so, um, so you would serve water, and I went into the pharmacy, and I was barcoding drugs, and Kirk's like, you want to go into becoming a pharmacist? And I'm like, no. Like, if this, <laughs> is, if this is what I have to do all day and all day, yeah. this is not it, so... He actually gave me a couple experiences. Being 14 years old, he gave me experiences with 14? the clinical team. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. So, um, so I have he, him and I have stayed in connection like for mm-hmm. such a long time, and I think you know it's the networking that really allowed me to be where I'm at today, which is the Austin Round Rock Regional Director at Baylor Scott White Health here. So, well, that's amazing. How, based on that, how big of a role do you, do you think? networking played into how you got to where you are huge huge like that is the ticket to get you where you want to go yeah it's the ticket i think networking i think we underplay networking in Mm -hmm. pharmacy school sometimes um we underplay it even as individuals we're like whatever you know it's not Mm -hmm. it's not that important but i think you know being we're not that big, right? Pharmacy is still a small community. Um, you're not seeing like, it's not like nursing. It's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It's more intimate. And so with that said and done, like you have to realize that a lot of times, if I know I have a hundred applicants for a job within, you know, 24 hours of posting something, but I know, I know there's somebody out there that has kept in touch with me. I know their work. I know everything. And they've been trying to get into Baylor Scott and White Health, for example, then why wouldn't I reach out to that person to say, hey, I know your work ethic, I wanna know if you wanna join our team. Mm-hmm. And that's really how things really work for me especially, and I think for a lot of other directors and leaders in the pharmacy you know, arena or healthcare, yeah. either way. Either way, wow. You even started at a really young age too, and we were discussing yes. earlier, and that was through your mentor as well, right? Yep. Yeah, that was through, so um, because of Kirk. Um, because of Kirk, shout out to Kirk. I, know, <laughs> I have to like give a big shout out to him because he, yeah. Um, when I went back and um, I, I experienced pharmacy. I toured St. Louis College of Pharmacy campus at 16 um, during spring break. And they were like, hey, you got all of the, 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 the requirements to get into the program. Do you want to start now? I was like, oh, like next Imagine. year. What a productive way to <laughs> yeah, spend spring break. <laughs> That's right. And so she was like, so I never finished high school. Mm-hmm. I just got, I guess the, you grad, I came back to graduate actually after my first year really? of college. Yeah. And so I finished in my junior year, went straight to college that fall. And wow. yeah, it was pharmacy wow. school. And so it was, <laughs> it was pretty neat. But I think that shout out goes to my dad. Because he really, he always set me up. Like, Push. what are the right? Yeah. Pushed you. So were yep. you like 21 then when you got your doctorate? Or? I was about, so it was six years. When I actually started, it was 17. So it was about 20, what, 2, 23. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So... What was the hardest part of that transition? Yeah, going being from so young. So young, going from high school straight into college. Yep. What was the hardest part of that? You know, I think the hardest part was probably um, the matru- maturation factor. It's mm. a cut maturity. Mm. Yeah. Let's just be real. I think mm. that was that was it. You know, going from high school, I was very studious, and all of a sudden, um, and coming from Kansas, right? So to be a Kansas yeah. small yeah. town. Mm-hmm. Um, also and, being Indian. Yeah. So how, was, how did it all play a factor? It, oh, yes. I think, like, you know, I, I came from a, a very conservative culture, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And a lot of people know that. And mm-hmm. so going there, there's, you know, all these different things. There's different social factors. There's different professional 
emotional factors. There's different um, people, like in friendships and things like that. I've never met people probably outside of Kansas that I've had for what, my 16 years of my life, which right. is where I was really at for most of my life. And so now I'm going into this big city. So I think that was the hardest transition for me. Um, However, I think my parents really instilled the core factors of working hard and understanding your priorities and, and maintaining, you know, the morale that you need as, as, a, as a human being. And I think that was probably what allowed me to stay grounded. But I think those six years of college life were extremely important. It really grew me as an adult. Yeah, no, yeah. clearly you're an amazing leader from like at such a young age Thank and you. you started at Cardinal Health and from yep. there on you just kept going upwards into such a like a high up position with even ama- like other amazing directors. So yeah. I don't know how like what is some advice you would give to the rest of us who are looking at that type of career path? Mentorship. Um, I think, you know, I go out, I keep talking about Kirk, but he's, he's one of several mentors that I have, right? Mm-hmm. So Kirk was there when I, when I started, but then as I started experiencing Bill Williams at, um, in Chicago, I still talk mm-hmm. to him today, the guy that initially trained me as a manager. And so he, cool. um, I talked to him almost, you know, every three to six months and, you know, touch base with him. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he he gives me a lot of great advice and we're growing together. You start growing together because he learns from me now, right? So he's like, man, Bri, it's so good to talk to you because (laughs) you inspired me. Yeah, I'm going to get back to work now too. And I'm like, wow, that's that's great. So I think, you know, we've, I have several mentors and, um, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky for that. I think, um, you know, even within Baylor Scott and White Health, I'm here today because of Baylor Scott and White Health. They have taken me in, mm-hmm. they have mentored me, um, you know, you. nurtured me, pharmacy manager to regional director of pharmacy. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's unheard of. And I think they've groomed you. They've groomed me, <laughs> they've yeah. Groomed you. They have, and it's like, and, you know, even our system vice president, I mean, she just called me mm-hmm. um, a couple days ago, yesterday actually, and she said, hey, I just really want to appreciate all the things that you're doing. Wow. That That's a personal touch yeah. that yeah. that really makes you tick every single day. Sure. So It's like inspiring to hear that from someone that you look up to and that's someone that's kind of like Absolutely. literally nurturing your, yeah. your, your learning and your growth. Yep, and she's she's an excellent leader. And I mean, everybody that's there, my boss, David Jones is amazing. And so he's, he's done a really good job of constantly like, you know, mentoring me. You know, we had a very, we have to create a clear relationship and you have to say, hey, you know, I really appreciate you as my boss, but I also would like some mentorship. And I think if you say that, it starts opening up different doors, doors. right? Like, hey, Priya, let's talk about that for a second. Like, how could have we done this better? Or what could you have done to really improve that outcome? Mm-hmm. And I think if you only get that if you ask for it. So be clear. It, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. So with that, how do you think, because you're very big on mentoring. Yes. Mm-hmm. How did you think that plays how big of a factor do you think that plays into the, the culture that Baylor Scott and White Health has really built in, yeah. into its culture, into how you go on your day-to-day with your employees, with your fellow co-workers, your uh, other, other health professions as well, how we interact, yeah. how do you think that's played out? I think it's probably our number one thing that we're working on right now. So Austin Round Rock region is different. So I'll talk about the region for a second. Um, so we, we're in a market, right? All of a sudden yeah. where we, Google is here, Facebook is here, mm-hmm. all of the cool tech places are here, yeah. right? And then we're healthcare. Mm-hmm. And we're always like, oh, it's so boring, right? <laughs> it's the same old black and white taking mm-hmm. care of, you know, and it's great taking care of patients, but yeah. for, it, a, for, for your experience, mm-hmm. it's, it's really important, right? Sure. And you see yeah. these really cool companies out there and you're like, why are we not doing that? So Big questions. when we started opening up these hospitals, we also took that into account. Yeah. And we said, 
we're going to go tour Google. So our team oh, wow, toured very innovative. Very yeah. Good so approach. We toured Google. We looked at their actual setup, and it's pretty neat. There's some things we can do yeah. and some things we can't. Some things you can't um, but you got to take and give what you got. And so we actually came back and constructed a program. It's a leadership effectiveness program. Mm-hmm. And so in that program for this whole entire region, for any new and young leaders, we've created a mentorship program as part of the package. It's oh. like a kind of wow. like a package we've created. And it's not only mentorship, we do lunch and learns, we do um, all kinds of different things. Do you, as soon as someone gets accepted into those kind of like, do they kind of get shuffled into yep. this program? Oh, okay. So, so especially it's leaders. Matched. Yep, okay. yep, yep. So like basically oh. we piloted with Buda and Pflugerville, actually both of those, and both of those leaders were actually teamed up based on the True Colors test. We used those because it was a fun test, and true. I don't have my badge on, but on my badge I have my colors on there. And so for, we, for those of you who don't know, True Colors is a type of personality test that kind of helps you uh, figure out like your working style, your personality, what, what makes you your strengths versus your weaknesses versus a different personality type. I think there's several different colors. There's four yep. or five. Blue, five? gold, orange, and green. Yep, there you go. Yep. So you, you can check that out. Uh, it's definitely, uh, I've actually done it in uh, one of my undergrad organizations and it actually helped me figure out how I work well with other people. So, yeah. yeah, and that's exactly so. how we basically part, match our, our mentor and mentees. Yeah, and that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, there so, you go. That's, so we have that program in the pharmacy world. We also have our own program. We have a mentor-mentee mm-hmm. match program. And then even with um, employee engagement. So mm-hmm. what our HR department is doing is saying, we want to make sure that um, our engagement scores are great. So if you have a lower engagement score, it's fine. We're going to work with you. We're going to figure out why. What's the root cause of all of that? And the best way to really kind of figure out what you need to do is to be matched with a mentor that has a really high engagement score. So we have tons of programs. That's Nursing good. has their own program as well. Yeah. The, I mean, the That's little amazing. core backbone of a good mentor program is actually having engaged mentors yes. who are willing to reach out and willing yep. to do all these things. Even within an organization, the community is so important. That's just yes. like worker satisfaction and everything. And you guys are doing fantastic on that yeah. department compared to I a lot mean, of other organizations. Yeah. I mean, we're just seeing, I think, I mean, with our generation, I think we're seeing a rise in the importance of company culture because with the internet of things and how things are playing out with social media, you're able to compare your yes. situ- your situation. I know we just talked about this right before we started recording, but we're able to see how our work environment compares to someone else's work environment. Yes. And so it makes it a lot more easy to see, wow, uh, Rick's doing great over there yeah. at Baylor Scott & White. <laughs> I'm over here at XYZ Company, and I hate my life. Yeah. They, what if I what if I reached out to, to Rick yeah. and said, hey, what does it take to, to get into at your company or something yeah. like that? Um, and it allows a lot for I think a lot more for transferability or yep. just, and it, it's just so easy to transfer between companies now. And there's more choices. It's, yes. it's more choices yeah. for everyone. I think there's so, more choices for everyone, and I think ultimately yeah. it goes back down to like what what culture matches you. Yeah, what culture matches you. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and that leads so much back to job satisfaction. Yes, job like, satisfaction. Yeah. Where are you most satisfied? Where do you feel like your talents and your strengths yes. fit in the best? Right. And I think, you know, I always say, like, leaders or anyone that's looking for the right job, the first thing that you need to do when you go in the interview, don't just interview and see if you can sell yourself and yeah. make sure you can get the job. Yeah. Make sure you're the right match for the organization because I've learned that if you don't work effectively with that leadership style, it's 
no matter how amazing the organization is, it may, it may not be the right choice for you. Yeah. And the leader, you know, really needs to be kind of diverse in the ability to kind of manage different types of personalities. Yes. So that's going to be very important too. That's a sign so. of a good management. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. spoke about earlier how um, your like the ma- like the leaders that you yes. observe, they're so different. They're not the typical traditional um, type of leaders that you would see. How could you just describe that? Like what qualities you're looking for when you're um, like getting up yeah. on the team? Yeah, so um, I have, I was, I was telling you that I have eight leaders under my team. They're mm-hmm. all in different capacities. Um, and so one of the things that we're looking for um, with our leaders is really um, flexibility um, and the ability. So the three things that I look for, right? Mm-hmm. And I will say, um, and they're very transparent, none of them have had leadership experience. Interesting. And they're running very the entire hospital. So all of these are about 100, 106 bed hospitals. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, it used to be director positions. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a different model with our Baylor Scotland Health mm-hmm. um, approach. And so we have managers running the entire operations of the hospital for the pharmacy and so yes and so um, a, a lot of them like I said none of them actually have true leaders or people management experience and so as a result when we were looking for employees as my team I, you know the, the three things I look for is do you have the enthusiasm the motivation to learn and the desire to like actually grow those are the three things the three, three things, things. yeah and if, if, if they have those three things everything else can be taught because we are part of an amazing organization that really can give you kind of a training on how to, you know, how do you manage your pharmacist in charge license when the state board walks in? Like, yeah. I can teach you all that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. But I can't teach you to want to learn all that. I can't learn, teach yeah. you to mm-hmm. want to stay focused in your pharmacy. You can't teach motivation. You can't, yeah. We can't teach any of that. And so that's that's what I look for in the leaders. And I think our leaders are very different. Um, we are taking a different approach. So, yeah. you know, one of our pharmacies, like the staff is really okay with having music played in the pharmacy. I've not walked into pharmacies where you're paying playing all kinds of music. Never. I food. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, see, thankfully, from the small independent, uh, yeah. small-town pharmacy where I've worked uh-huh. at, they play music. Although, it, oh, they albeit, okay. it's a certain type of music. Right. But they, they, that's how they connected with their that specific target population. Right. Was that they... The pharmacist I worked with there, he actually graduated from UT College of Pharmacy oh, as well yeah. back in 85. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recognized that his general target population that was coming in, his patient population, mm-hmm. had a certain type of music taste yeah. and, mm-hmm. and that it also identified with his music taste. So he was like, well, why not make them feel more at home when more they walk home, into the yeah. pharmacy, make it more of a community, yeah. play that kind of music helps bring in more customer retention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. Yeah. But you could do that in independent. But when you've got like yeah. Yeah. so many different yeah. personalities, yeah. that's the hardest part yeah, because you still got people that are like, hey, I can't listen to music with lyrics or I mm-hmm. can't have distractions. And so I think it's just really important that, you know, from a leadership standpoint, we've got to start catering towards our employees. It's employees not about yeah. what leaders yeah. want anymore. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Well, do you think, I think it's interesting that you say that. Do you think it goes back to just what your employee wants or is the end goal always what the patient wants that's a very good question very good question. because i think a lot of companies right now are struggling with that like how do we balance our needs for our employees benefits insurance uh uh, time off uh what is it maternity leave paternity leave versus what's best for our patients our customers our target audience whoever that is yeah I think we, so we have to look at the entire picture. We have to look at the entire picture. And I think when we look at the picture, we say, so our pharmacists are not always there on the floor side by side with the patient, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's, 
they can be difficult sometimes. However, what we do that we're a little bit different is kind of we do a lot of like discharge counseling, um, things like that to have that face-to-face. If our employees are satisfied and happy, they are going to produce better results with the patient, right? I mean, if you don't get the time out that you want or you don't get the paternity leave that is not traditional in nature, right? Then when they when they have their baby and they're working, it's it's really it's kind of a disgruntling factor for that. They're like, oh, I could I could be with my child right now. Yeah, or I'm tired and I'm helping my wife, right? And so those are the type of things that I think, and that's where our managers and our leaders are really good because for, for us, like, you know, we have a lot of young leaders also, so sometimes they, they don't have children or they have pets maybe, and maybe for their pet they have to go get a surgery or something's going on, and so we've got to cater to their needs as well. And so that's the flexibility that we're trying to create to so create a positive, yes, yes. Adapting to different people's needs and different learning yes. styles. So do you feel like, as a man, as a director of pharmacy, do you work for your employees or do they work for you? What's your I, I so I would say, and I'm, I'm thinking through this, but I already know the answer. <laughs> I you know I want to make sure. I was like, have I ever really thought about this? Mm-hmm. You know, my role has changed tremendously in this position. Right. Um, as a pharmacy manager, is a little bit different mm-hmm. um, because I was doing the day to day tasks and trying to make sure that the pharmacy was running effectively Um, today like I go wherever my employees need me so that's kind of the way I approach things so if I know like it's not convenient I don't I'm a regional director so I have eight different locations that I'm trying to get to it would be inconvenient for them to come to me all the time yeah and so and sometimes I see them and sometimes they don't as often depending on the need Um, so to your to your question I work for my employees because I want them to have a positive experience Uh, I think do you you think that's changing that dynamic do you feel like that's changing yes yes I think it's going towards that type of that route like we work for our employees and we make sure that our employees are taken care of do you see that coming in healthcare or is that that's just a Baylor's going like you know um, that's a really good question Um, I see it in tech companies a lot but it's it's a little bit the life the the lifestyle and everything's very different I think at Baylor Scott and White in this region especially Mm -hmm. it's a hundred percent that way my um, my boss actually um, the system director of pharmacy he's he's very much like that I'm like hey I want to meet he's like I'm coming to you like there's never you know I was like hey do you care if I come to Temple and and meet you he's like nope I'm coming to you when I'm, I'm Friday I'll be there it's funny because we were just talking last night and, and you were like, yeah, can, can we move this up a little bit because I have to put out some fires. Yeah. That's what you were saying. Yeah. I, like, well, yeah. I, think, I thought that was really awesome because I, didn't I, did I not comment on that? Yeah. I was like, yeah, like for me as like the leader of our like content creation yeah. team, I feel like my entire job is to be wherever my team needs me to be yeah. to put out the fires yes. wherever that is. For no, instance, no. today was like figuring out where we're going to film today, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's a very unique position to take because I feel like I've been seeing trends not yes. only in healthcare, but also in tech, yep. in, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, like the, the car business, like yeah. how Uber is working more, more grounding itself to its employees. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then look at the restaurant business, like right. look at the fast food industry. Fast food industry They're yeah. catering to their employees and their, uh, their target population. Yeah. So I think that dynamic is changing across the board. A hundred percent. I mean, if you look at like lean methodology, the mm-hmm. Six Sigma, you guys may have heard that, which is mm-hmm. operations improvement. So that came from Toyota, right? And so they were looking at how to create an effective operations, right? And when they looked at effective operations just in general, 
they were looking at, we have to cater to the employee, watch the employee, because it's the employee that, for example, and, and we could translate it to pharmacy world, but, you know, if the technician has to walk, like, you know, five minutes to go get a label, to mm -hmm. label their drug, mm -hmm. then that's not effective for the employee. So we, as leaders, have to create an effective area for them to operate. Yeah, Similarly, sure. we, we tend to forget the subjectivity of humans, you know, and, mm -hmm. like, we're, we still have emotions. We're not a manufacturing organization. <laughs> no. right? We're not robots. We're not robots. <laughs> And that, is, and that is why we still have jobs today. Like, that is what I keep telling our pharmacists and our techs. Um, I say, guys, we are not robots, and we're not going to get replaced by robots as long as we do 100% better than, than our EHR, yeah. right? Ultimately, if you can show and demonstrate that, there's physicians will fight for you all day long. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what our... Our factors why we still have so many positions and so many opportunities mm -hmm. as a as a pharmacy and healthcare organization. Right. Oh, I was actually going to bring up. Uh, so I think we were going to try to do a little Q and A. Uh, yeah. So our audience uh, actually, what's up? Okay. Uh, and so our audience actually had some questions for yeah. you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of them was, what do you? How would you comment as a director of pharmacy for Baylor Scott and White? How would you comment on the current job outlook yeah. For, yeah. for current pharmacy graduates? Yeah, you know, you can't deny the facts out there that mm -hmm. it is a very competitive market. Mm -hmm. It's a, oh, an extremely yeah. competitive market. For context, uh, the projected growth rate, I think there was a national statistic that came out that said we're, pharmacy is projected at 0% job growth in the, until 2026. Yeah. For, for context. Yeah. And that's so interesting because mm -hmm. here at Baylor Scott Health, maybe it's just the world that we're in. Mm -hmm. It is, I mean, we just posted two new positions um, this last week. Oh, wow. um, and so, and I think, you know, with Austin, we just hired two new employees. And mm -hmm. so... I would say the job market's tough. It is extremely tough. Mm -hmm. um, are you gonna get a job like, you know, exactly where you wanna be initially? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But if you network, which I, th <laughs> I really, really think that yeah. if you have the right contacts, if you have the right relationships, yeah. it's, a whole different, it's a whole different story. Yeah. And all the work that you do really up to graduation is mm -hmm. equally that important. Right. So the job market is tough, but can you, can you take over that, that competitive market? Yes, you can. Yeah. It's just how you build your profile. Do you feel like you defined yourself when you were looking at the job yes. market by what you did in pharmacy school? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to speak about yeah. it? Yeah. She's great. It was, it was funny because when I was in pharmacy school, I was like, this is, you know, we had, I was just giving you an example. Mm -hmm. So we were there for six years, and it's my social life, too. Yeah. So we'd have a barbecue every summer. And I was oh, like, guys, nice. no. I was like, no. Wait, what? <laughs> a barbecue's boring. You know? barbecue is boring? No, yeah. it gets better. Okay, or continue <laughs> like, then. Continue. So okay, I like, I, was, I like barbecue. But, but it, it was just, it wasn't like a true, like, you're thinking uh, Austin, Texas uh, yeah, barbecue. Yeah, I'm thinking Austin, Texas barbecue. Yeah, yeah. we're talking burgers on a grill, right? Like, yeah. that's about it. That's not really a real barbecue. <laughs> Sorry, it's called grilling. I've, I've grilling. learned that yeah, in I'm Texas, like, too. You yeah, don't call yeah. it barbecue. Yeah. But basically, so here, like, they would literally grill out. That's probably the right mm, term to yeah. use. And so okay. I was like, guys, we're paying $5,000 for this. I was like, this is ridiculous. What are we spending on hamburger buns and, you know, patties? And Hot so dogs. I went to I went to the dean and I said, we need to, everybody wants something really cool. He's like, well, what do you see, Jasper? I was like, a Hawaiian luau. And he's like, there's no way. I'm like, why? And he was like, because where are the finances going to come from? I was like, I'll be back in a week. So I come back. I, like, started negotiating with Gordon Food Services, which is who they contract mm. for kitchen. Um, yeah where we get our food from and so that's our contracting so they they bring in the tyson they bring in this they bring in that so they were able to bring an entire pig for a pig roast fire dancers 
Like, I mean, hula dancers, like what? all kinds of Yo. stuff. It all happened that night. Like Walgreens was there on campus. They sponsored some of the stuff. So like, you know, I reached out to the community and wrote a bunch of letters yeah. and I got a bunch of things back. And I even like had like a shirt that I like created, you know, and it, it was, it was a funny shirt. Probably won't talk about it today, but. Please contact Dr. Patel if you, for all your luau needs. <laughs> it was, it was so I was like, Norman, do you want to do a luau? Something that I did, yeah. and so is it is did mm-hmm. I really work on? I didn't realize that because when yeah. it was my fifth or sixth, actually at the end of sixth year, we had um, our preceptors sit down and like mm-hmm. kind of look at your CVs, yeah. and you know they were like, Priya, wh- what are you doing? Like you should not be applying for managed care residencies, which is what I applied mm-hmm. for. Yeah. They were like, you need to sit down and you need to apply for management positions. Mm-hmm. I was like, why? They're like, you just need to. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you, this is where you need to go. So we actually ended up um, doing a lot of work on figuring out like what kind of like, you know, management positions I'll look at. I still applied for residencies and yeah. things like that. Yeah. But every little thing that I did, mm-hmm. it, it, it showed up on my resume. It showed your resume. Yeah. I think... And it develops your personality, I should say. Yes. So mm-hmm. like, how did you think... Let's just provide some value yeah. for our audience yeah. here. So you said that you set up a luau, you organized this entire event, you made t-shirts. How did you translate that onto a CV, on yeah. a resume, and then how did you present that in a, to a residency director or something like that? How did you present yeah. that? So I think it was more, so that was like kind of like one of the little, like I was just say different events that I did, mm-hmm. you know, while I was there at mm-hmm. St. Louis College of Pharmacy. Yeah. I think it was more about how I led change, mm-hmm. right? right? To say like I created um, a positive student experience Experience, and by creating a different you know model of you know reward and recognition and so like kind of you got to put that on there and just say you know created a charity process to really you know grow the funds to have this so you got you got to look at it from a business standpoint in that situation Mm. um i think more than anything it was more along the lines of like that that event led me to become I, I can't remember, like, they called them RAs back in the day, right? Like, the residence oh, assistants. Oh, residence assistants. Yeah. 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 yeah, so, like, got a job as a resident assistant and had to pay for a living for two years. You know, like, yeah. things like that is what it kind of led me to do. And so, mm-hmm. those were the big deal things that I was able to put on my resume mm-hmm. because the school saw that and they were like, we need to get her in to do some more stuff. So Yeah, yeah. And so, clearly, it's kind of like you knew what – I don't know if you knew at that, at that point. I didn't. But – they identified your mentors, your school, yep. your, your faculty identified yes. your talent and your yes. strengths, and they helped guide you in that yes. direction where they thought those talents and that those strengths would be most helpful right. to healthcare, society, X, Y, Z. Yeah, right? and I actually served on a board of directors outside of pharmacy <laughs> in the community in St. Louis. Really? Yeah, okay. so that was kind of like some of the things that I was also doing to really kind of drive that, so. That's... Fantastic. And you were also the youngest on the board, too, at yes. that time, right? Yeah. Uh, youngest on the board. Yeah. <laughs> youngest on the board. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Um, Next question? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, as of now, what is your most valuable life lesson thus far? Whew. Ooh, that's a really good question. I have so many lessons. Take I've your learned. time. Take your time. Um, <laughs> so, I think the most valuable life lesson is... Okay, I think this is it. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're millennials. Show it out, show it out. Yes, we we're, are. Yes, we're millennials, we are. right? Wait, so. technically. No, I say millennial. I am not Gen Z, dude. <laughs> I feel like I'm. Be- I, I honestly identify in between. I feel like really? I, I, I also think I'm in between. I feel like I, I'm in that unique gap. But I'll let yeah. you speak. But yeah. I feel like I'm in that yeah. unique gap. I was not. I'm a '96er, but yeah. I feel like I'm in that unique gap where I can kind of see this. I see. Oh, I see millennials. And what yeah. They're doing. Yeah. Then I also see Gen. 
Gen, was Gen, Gen Z. Z. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not them either. So it's like, I, I have this unique perspective, I think, yeah, that I, I can identify with both. And it may be just a unique product yeah. of like where I came from. I came from a small town. Mm-hmm. I was the only Asian, one of the few Asians in that town. Yeah, all um, of that. Yeah, all that And that all own. builds your personality. We can put labels on anything. I think yeah. it's more about, I think, the, what the new social norm is, I would say, is like with with how like we're in like professional markets. So for us, I would say I can say we when we look at jobs, we kind of look at it as it's kind of a social thing for us too, right? And so like if I get bored with the position or the situation, mm-hmm. I'm gonna jump on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Or I've done a really good job in my role. I've like driven metrics. I'm showing results. I should have gotten pr- promoted yesterday. Why am I still in this position? Yeah. So that's a very common thought for, for us, for especially those, yeah. like when, cause we're, we came in a different era. Like if you do really well, you get rewarded, you're right? Rewarded. If you, yes. you get, you get yeah. an A, you get to promote it yep. in, you know, student council. Now you're the president. Like there couldn't be so many things, mm-hmm. but then. The instant and, gratification. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. The instant gratification mm-hmm. is also exactly. the to move up like all the time. Yes. Yeah. And I've learned one thing and you know, this is what I tell everyone that especially on my team is that be patient. Because if you're having to reach out and look for something, mm-hmm. then, then you're not asking the right questions. You need to be patient because if you really, really do a good job, somebody's going to tap on your shoulder. I'm, and and I'm, I'm saying this 100% true. Mm-hmm. You will get tapped on your shoulder. And I think we have to create patience. Don't jump to another position or get bored mm-hmm. or think that, you know, I feel like this job is not worth my time. Mm-hmm. When the, the bigger picture is you've mm-hmm. only been in your role for six months. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so one or two metric that you have moved is is just you know it, it's a couple instances. It's not a pattern. Mm. It's not your trend. You yeah. know, it's just a couple instances. And mm. so I think it's it's it'll make more sense. This will make more sense when you actually go into the job market. Yeah, actually, yeah. But I, we're I, in this school environment. Yeah, yeah. but that could apply for school too because we're always like we want the instant gratification, right? We yeah. don't do well on an exam. We get upset, yep. right? But like it's to be patient for that process and the time until by the time we graduate, we will be professionals. Yes. By the time you will, you will be professionals and every experience that you've had throughout your school is going to help you get to that position even better, right? Yeah, exactly. And so. There's, you gotta have pitfalls too. That's yeah. the other thing. Like mm-hmm. if you haven't had a pitfall, then you know, it's coming at some point. Everybody's <laughs> gonna have it and it's okay to embrace it. Yeah. Just yeah, embrace definitely. it, you know, and say, okay, I gotta pick myself up and I gotta figure out where am I gonna go? What am I gonna change to really get to that point? So taking the bull by the horn. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Go cry it out, you know, feel sorry for yourself for a little bit, but that's gotta stop. Because Don't let what won't matter in five years bother you for more than five minutes. That's right. That's right. Sometimes it's longer for me, but yeah, yeah, definitely. That's just an arbitrary quote. Yeah, arbitrary quote. But sorry, I definitely kind of jumped in while you were trying to explain. No, no. Sometimes it's not. No, honestly, no. Trust me, I've cried for longer than five minutes this semester. Trust me. I did multiple times. Multiple times. PT year. Shout out. PT. Um. Sorry, I, I kind yeah. of jumped in, no. but yeah, what is the most important life lesson? That you I think the most is to stay patient. Do not mm-hmm. jump on to the next thing because what you are feeling in the moment is is maybe not lack of job satisfaction, mm-hmm. lack of satisfaction in your current state. Do, don't let that, that blur your bigger picture because mm-hmm. I am here where I'm at today because somebody tapped my shoulder. Right. Yeah. It's not because, you know, I mean, I had ambitions and they knew that I wanted to grow, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it was somebody calling me in the office. It was my, my director at the time saying, hey, Priya, 
don't say no. And I'm like, oh no, what don't say no. Do? <laughs> so he, I have an opportunity in Austin. I'm like, oh my God, but I'm in Dallas and I love mm. it. And he's like, no, you got to go to Austin. We're building three new hospitals. This is the big, big deal in our system. You got to go. You got to take it up. And that was Sid Phillips. So he's at Memorial Hermann and okay. he's an amazing mentor. He's, he, he's a lifelong mentor as that's, well. Yeah, that's, I think that's very true. Yeah. Um, did you have another question? Uh, did you want to do your... Yeah, let's, let's bring Devin up. <laughs> Devin's thoughts of the day. Okay, so here we have our uh, videographer, our production manager, uh, Devin Ray Alarcon. <laughs> that was close enough. Spe speaking of pitfalls. I'm okay. trying to have <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Excuse me? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I mean, wait, well, I thought we were going we to talk about a little bit of fitness. Yeah, fitness and yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I, I follow Dr. Patel on Instagram, and I'm, I'm always like, Man, I should really hit the gym today. I'm, I'm there at like I'm there at like 1 p.m. with a bowl of cereal. It's like my first meal of the day, and then I see her at the gym, like like drenched in sweat, like with her pre-workout. I'm like, uh, she she's like thriving and like and working out still. I'm like, I I want to, and I think I reached out to you to like, hey, what just what's some tips to like yeah. to kind of get into it? But I don't know if you want to talk a little yeah. bit about how health and wellness kind of keeps your work-life balance, yes. keeps you sane. I know I know it's yeah. a, it seems like a big motivator for you and it seems like yes. you really enjoy it. Yeah. And I kind of want to know how to enjoy it because right. sometimes hitting the gym, even though it makes you feel better, it's hard to get there in the first place. You're absolutely Especially right. when you're burnt out from school and everything. Yeah. You don't really yeah. have that motivation that like you know, to push you to go. Yeah. So if you have any tips on like forming good habits and, yeah. and kind of getting in the gym and, and doing well for yourself, please. Well, so I have the same problem. I'm not gonna lie, getting into the gym, like staying consistent, you know, working on things that matter to me, whether it's my financials, my bonds with, you know, my family, friends, because you get so sucked into your, to your work or school or whatever that you forget about everything else. It's very completely yeah. normal. And I think one of the things, a really good friend of mine told me this, she goes, Priya, she's like, people come to you because you're an expert with drugs, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. She's like, would they come and talk to you about your taxes? I'm like, no. But they come and talk to you about your fitness? I'm like, no. She's like, so well, what do you think you should do? I was like, find an expert. She's like, yeah. So I've actually been able to attain a lot of this because I have a planning coach and I have a fitness coach. Mm. Oh. So, yes. Yeah. So once, actually, once we get that farm D money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I will say it's actually, we think it's really expensive. But here's the thing. If we're going, you know, if you go out and you're buying dinners and things like that, if you can spend money on that, right, for one, one event, one hour, two hours of your night, yep. then why can't you do that for an entire month? Right? Yeah. And like sometimes yeah, the cost true. of that is really that dinner. It's really not that bad. And so I have a planning coach. Um, his name's David Perez, and he does Better You're Busy. And so he has kind of a planning coach, uh, like a planner. So I have everything listed on there. And then I also have a um, fitness coach, which is Rania Gruber. And she's actually, um, she's going to get her pro card, we think, next year. Um, oh. And she is, she's going to be, you know, she's competing for a bikini figure. Um, competition and oh, she does wow. health and wellness so she's creating a kind of a, a different approach it's not just about fitness but it's about the mental check-ins and making sure that you're creating a wholeness to your wellness um, and so like I think for me fitness is really important because um, it's changed me a hundred percent 
Um, it's funny because it's that natural um, adrenaline that keeps you happy mm-hmm. and positive. Double, uh, what is endorphins, it? Right? endorphins. Yep, right? yeah. all the endorphins running through your yeah. blood. Um, I think you know we work in healthcare and we have to be healthy ourselves. We're oh, talking. Sure. Our, are we talking our language or what? Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. So it's funny because it's like you know sleep, sleep sleep deprivation or you know nutrition. Like if you're always on the go, you're not eating the right things. Red all bowls, of those things. Coffee, yeah. Hypertension. Talk about real quick. I mean, and it was, it was really important for me to see that. And so I know that if I want to, I think, you know, look, think about our school, right? I had a conversation the other day. If you, what do you do to really keep your skills up in pharmacy school or as a pharmacist? You read up, right? What do you do for leadership? You read up, you listen to podcasts, you actually get involved with different, you know, events. But for fitness, what are you doing to invest in yourself and your body? And you're not, if you don't have your fitness and nutrition together, then what are you, where are you going to go? You know, and, and you're going to be stressed out. You're going to burn out. And at the end of the day, leading a team requires me to be positive at all times. A hundred percent. And I also want to create a community around myself where I tell my leaders and, you know, even, even the pharmacy itself, I'm like, guys, you should have a huddle metric up there on what you're doing to stay healthy. And so, have you taken a 30-minute walk? Have you, you know, what are you doing to really, you know, help your, your eating habits, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. So, this organization actually really, we have something called the Thrive Program. Mm-hmm. So, they also integrate oh, healthy like lifestyles in this program as Is well. It so, it, it, they do have an app for it, yes. UT actually has the Thrive app as well. Does That's it really? Cool. Yeah. I, I, did, I actually just found out recently. Um, I forget, forget where I found out, but yeah, they also implemented yeah. it, but nobody knows about it because yeah, it, has well, it, has been, it has been well advertised, oh. but it's also by the mental health uh, services on campus. And That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I'll also say this. So I've had a lot of questions about, <clears throat> well, I feel kind of bored in my job. Okay. Like, what do I do? Where do I need to Burn go? Out. Burnout. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so... Or just, um, or just being bored because there's a difference between being bored with your job and, then burnt and burnt out. actually being burnt out. Yes. Yes. And I think, I think that's the important thing that we all have to think about is what for me, like sometimes there's lull moments and I believe it or not, even though it's crazy, I love crazy. Like I want my, my, my schedule to be really, really packed and have a lot of different things going because that keeps me going. But at the end of the day, even with all that, that my schedule being fully packed, I'm not mentally stimulated sometimes or I don't feel like I'm stimulated or challenged, even though um, I have a lot going on. So I have to focus on something outside of work. So I chose fitness as a hobby. So mm-hmm. bodybuilding is kind of where I'm going. And it's awesome. funny. Oh, wow. like, I'm She's going to walk in here next time. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's awesome. Move so. over, Normie. <laughs> 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 well, and that's where, like, I called Rania, and I was like, she was like, you could do this. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, I, I'm just a pharmacist. She's like, no. She's like, I don't want to hear it. She's like, corporate. So this, was recent, this was pretty recently then that, recent. that you got into. Yes, like, it's been into. eight yeah. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Eight and weeks. Okay. It's interesting that she said, I'm just a pharmacist, because a, a thing that I'm trying to push forward is be more than just a pharmacist. Yes. Like LeBron yeah. has... Oh, we are, thing. though. We are. I we think are, we get we caught up in we that. Get, we get caught up in the mindset up, yeah. of that yes. we're just pharmacists. We put, ourselves, we put ourselves in these boxes. Yes. Yeah. And that we can't do things. Yeah. Or even, like, yeah. mentally, yeah. like, you take the, the your degree factor out of it. Even when we look at ourselves, right? And mm-hmm. I said, I was telling Rania this, I go, I never thought in a million years being Indian, you know, being a woman, yep. have a small frame that I could actually do... 20 pound shoulder press, you know, mm. per dumbbell or like, you know, do 45 pound rows. Like, I mean, this is crazy or bench press. I never yeah. thought in eight weeks, there is no way, but 
because of like I've actually gone out to find a planning coach or a, you know a coach that's really you know a fitness and wellness coach mm-hmm. she checks in on my mental state all the time she's always like hey how that's are you so doing good. or even with with better you're busy like I'm looking at everything to say how can I make sure my financials are secured so I can go and have those really cool coaches out there yeah. to really get me where I want because habits are formed when you have a way to consistently you know drive them and when your life is really busy and you do we are lucky to have some sort of you know financials with our jobs why not find those people yeah, and it helps you? it helps keep you on track and keep you motivated and like you have your own planner but then they're kind of like uh, reminding you on top of your reminders yes. you know that yeah. you got to get out and do something and he will you know even david Praz will always say hey let's talk about your weekly goals what are you trying to accomplish here I'm like, well, you know, I need to do this or that. And he's just like, let's, let's look at your budget. Let's look at this. And I think things like that, those things are not on top of your mind because you're so soaked up with everything else. So. And so I'm sure that, like, you've, you, you follow certain accounts on Instagram or Facebook or whatever yes. it is that help you keep motivated. Like, yeah. oh, wow, she's, yeah. like, Carly is doing great with her fitness regimen. Yeah. Why don't I do the same? Right. Why, why don't I go to the gym? Yeah, Carly. Yeah. yeah. Carly. Carly. It's Carly. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I, I was following Carly. Oh, she's an Instagram influencer? Oh, she's in the fitness? Yeah, sure. No. Well, I will say, um, so I felt, you know, so my brother is a psychiatry resident. And so, oh. him and so him and I always go back and forth. He's like, really, Priya, social media? Come on. And he's like, not good for your mental health. Interesting. And so, we talk about this back and forth and I'm like but who do I really follow Rishi like, let me be real so yeah. so he's like well, who do you follow and I was like I actually follow a lot of IFBB pros so like a lot of the bodybuilders um, because if you look at bodybuilders it is ri- the toughest thing to change is your body Oh, you yeah. can go and get a degree all day, all night, but the toughest thing to change is your body. I really think so, that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so seeing what they go through is really important. Um, I follow a lot of, um, there's, you know, in, in our generation, there's not that many leaders, but there's a lot of re- uh, leaders. So like Rachel Hollis, I'll follow her. Mm-hmm. Like she's a speaker, also. she's here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll follow it's Marie Kondo, which is really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Off of Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah Netflix so well. I'll follow a lot of things that are going to create a positive experience for me mm-hmm. if there's anything negative now you know some of the the instagram models like look at my new makeup and this and that yeah. you know I, look at my glamorous life right it's, yeah. it's, oh, no, <laughs> well and you wake up in the morning you look at that mm-hmm. so i also don't look at that when yeah. i wake up in the morning i try not to yeah. touch my social yeah. media but when i do it's these people it's constantly trying to motivate me you know yeah. for, for example i'll be at home you know eight o'clock nine o'clock at night I am tired. Yeah. I'm like yeah. in bed sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> gotta go to the gym still. So what do I do? Pick up my Instagram <laughs> and start watching all these these I have BB pros like working out in the gym. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> what am I doing sitting here? Get up, Priya. You know. So yeah. a lot of times I'll motivate myself by looking at Instagram awesome. and following a lot of the yeah, the, Carlies. the Carlies. The Carlies. Yeah. If you're able yeah. to use it that way, I think yeah. I think there, there's always, always pros and cons with social yeah. media. But I yeah. think yeah. if you're able to use it in that way and what's healthy, and then obviously I think it's something for yourself. That's like an outlet for you to show yeah. that what you're passionate about. You found this new passion and like you, it's. You, like we want as as people as humans like we want other people to see what we're doing like yeah. it's just yeah. a, it's like a human yeah. nature thing right? like, and you want to share your yes. life and like yeah. you want your closest friends to be proud of you and like it's just yeah. feelings that we all share and I think like social media you can get unhealthy for like that's your only source of approval if you yeah. don't feel comfortable yeah. with yourself yeah. right but because it, when you but start it, comparing yeah exactly or, or you're doing it just for simply like I need the validation yes. Yes. right like that can get unhealthy yeah. right. but if you're posting it to influence other people and it's just an outlet in a positive way and it's something you just yeah. do it as part of your 
probably da daily activities. It's not something that you're really heavily reliant on. I think it can be healthy for your mental health too. It can be completely healthy. And I think, um, and you know, social media is changing. I've noticed like posting about healthcare and some of the things I felt like it was always boring. Um, but things have changed lately, you know, and it, when I post about, you know, our new hospital opening up, people are very excited because they haven't heard hospitals being built. It's always shutting down, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. It's and, changing the narrative. Yeah, it's changing the narrative. And so I think that's when they're like, where are you? Where are you? I was like, this is Austin. This is, this is Austin. And we are growing. We're penetrating the market. We're trying to be, we're the new guys in town, right? And new girls and guys in town. Yeah. And so we're trying to really create a positive experience for our patients. Um, and, and there's a lot of transplants here from other states. So, you know, kind of showing the work that we're doing because I'm passionate about my organization, then I've got to figure out how do I create that kind of that vibe, the positive vibe that we have here, the culture that we have. And that's kind of where social media does play into it. Mm -hmm. I'll also say it's a great recruiting tactic. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, because when yeah. I post that stuff, like mm -hmm. I mean, I get emails, calls, all of this. Hey, I saw that you posted, or my friend said you did this, and so a lot of my recruiters will be like, "It's so funny when Priya does post it." Like, there's like we had a recruiting event. We had about a hundred people show up, and it was all pharmacy, and we had every single service line there, and they're like, "They're they're the busiest table." It's but it's really? only when Priya posts, puts it on social media. <laughs> it's not, and we had one person. It's. Social media has removed the six degrees of separation. Absolutely. It's oh, allowed, yeah. and that's why businesses are allowed to yeah. use influencers to connect yeah. to their, their yeah. target audiences. Yeah. Instead of putting out ads on TV, on billboards, yeah. they're going directly to, it's B, uh, what is it, C, C to C, consumer, or B to C, business yeah. to consumer, yeah. Yeah. directly. And it's cheaper. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's, under, so it's underpriced attention. Yes. Hundred yeah. percent. And and it goes back to recruiting, same yep. like you just said. Um, and I think that's definitely a trend that we're seeing in healthcare. Um, and I think that's great because it's changed. Like you said, yes. it's changing the narrative yep. about how we actually discuss healthcare. Because in the past, we there were gatekeepers. Yes. They mm -hmm. got to decide how we portrayed ourselves as pharmacists, as doctors, as nurses. As in general, as a healthcare system, how we yeah. was portrayed in the media. Yeah, and there was no no way to like break the stereotype. Where like we didn't have a way oh, to show yeah. like, hey, this is me. Like I oh, don't no. fit into yeah. that typical what you're thinking mm -hmm. like a pharmacist is or yeah. a healthcare yeah. provider is. So yeah. we're able to show our individuality through social yeah. media. I think that's cool too. It's yeah. true. I mean, I just found another pharmacist. She's in Oklahoma, and mm. her I think her whole business really is driving a fitness app for new moms. And that's, she was Miss wow. Oklahoma, that's and she did. She was on stage doing bikini yeah. competitions. And awesome. I mean, it was, yeah. it's really incredible to see like what this community can do. And mm -hmm. I think it's, it's common that are like, I never thought you're a pharmacist. You don't hear that very much anymore. What do you mean? Like yeah. really you're a pharmacist. You're per you're so personable. Oh, I still get that. Well, but I think it's from like, not, I don't think it's from anyone around our age though. Yeah. No, no, I will say yeah, that. Yeah. I, I will say mostly yeah. like older. Yeah. yeah. Um I, I always get the like, oh I never I never thought she'd be like in pharmacy. Like I yeah. thought she would have done this. I'm like, well I, I, just cause like I guess I just joke around a lot and yeah. like I, I have this like and we we have this personality like where we just kind of like go with the flow and, yeah, like, yeah. and do our thing and we, we follow our passions inside of pharmacy and I think that like can be confusing when they just think oh pharmacy just goes studies drugs you're behind a counter at HEB or Count CBS pills. counting <laughs> pills and that's, that's you and like your adult personality because that's that's what you, <laughs> you and your entire <laughs> adult personality no no no, 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 no you're right it's, it's so funny because you're right yeah, no it, it, so 
and I, I think a lot of that too. Like I, I've been trying to trying to break that kind of stigma as well by yeah. kind of trying to go outside the box and pushing the boundaries a little bit. Like, hey, we can crack jokes. Like, we can yes. we can be in front of a camera talking. Yeah. Like, we can have a podcast. We can just be. We can make memes on our social media. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, love it. It, it doesn't like being a pharmacist doesn't have to define our personality. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't see why the why profession and personality are linked because I, I don't think they should be at all. I agree. I think a hundred percent. And that's what I tell all of my leaders. I always say, please find another hobby. Um, I've had students from UT call and they're like. I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I'm thinking like this isn't oh. the right career for me, or this yeah. isn't the right it's, path for me. Came up for me this. Yeah. Semester, yeah, and and I was like, why do you think that? They're like, because I, I don't like what we're doing right now. I was like, well, what you're doing right now is really not what you're going to do. So I was like, first of all, you're very lucky to be in pharmacy school because it's still competitive to get in pharmacy oh, school, yeah. right? And number you would two, literally give a leg. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But when you actually get out and work, I was like, that's a whole different thing. I was like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be in pharmacy at all. Like, I was like, oh, great. I got my admissions, which I should have been more grateful for. But I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. At what point did you did you feel like that? All the time. All the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, my God. Like, Thank you so much. <laughs> that was actually one of our audience members' questions. Like, uh, at what point did you feel like you, you were... All the time. All the time? All right. There I you go. Like, all the time, David. All the time. This, I, I was like, this isn't fun. I yeah. want to have fun my life because so, yeah. I'm, I'm in I'm in third I'm third year yeah. right and I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure I'm like man how like what we're learning about like I don't see how I can incorporate my passions yeah. into like what into this yeah. field but then the more I do outside of school I yeah. see that it's, it is possible it's just yeah. like, I see what you're saying it gets caught up in like oh my gosh if I'm just studying like yeah. How this drug exits my body, like, and I'm like, and I'm off by like, I'm off, my answer's off by like six hours. Like, man, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> it's, it's so true. I will say this. Oh, so, man. you know, one of the things about pharmacists, so really cool thing, is that pharmacists are highly valued in healthcare, not just in pharmacy. So, um, I'll give you an example, and I think like I'm seeing it now, but. We were, we were talking about this before, but I have a pharmacy technician. Because of our training and how we think, our pharmacists are very, very, like, practical and analytical in how they look at things. Mm -hmm. They look at life that way, too. You'll start mm -hmm. noticing that. So yeah. a lot of pharmacists are financially secure. I mean, some of them, you're not, I'm not saying they're, like, you know, billionaires, but if you, if you focus on your current job, they're financially secure through retirement yeah. and more, more than just financially mm -hmm. secure. Yeah. And so in, in, in their jobs as well, they also perform at that level. So in our organization, we have, I can, I can say, two presidents of hospitals that are about 600 beds or larger mm -hmm. that are pharmacists. The president of the entire hospital. Oh. So what you're saying is there's hope. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, that's what she's trying to say. So. I mean, Kirk even um, was a vice president of transplant services for a oh. while. And so he was at the largest transplant center, which is in Dallas, yeah. where we did um, uterine transplants for the first time in the entire nation at the awesome. Dallas campus. And so, awesome. you know, that type of work, we, we can do that. So all of the things that we're learning, as boring as it is, I'm telling you guys, there's hope. There's hope. Because when you... When Say you it to the camera. There's hope. <laughs> I promise. All this ends up working out the right way. And I feel that that's where, you know, you know, even for me, you know, even my regional vice president, and presidents are definitely like Priya. Like, if you want to venture out of it, let's talk about it. Yeah. And and it's scary for us. You're like, no, this is all I know. Like, I, I was, I only learned this. No, it's it's, it's scary. It's a foundation, it's so right? Like, you have the foundation, yes. and you can always learn more. Like, they tell us that a lot. We're gonna learn as we yeah. get out in there. Like, it. 
it's still scary just because it's the unfamiliar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, We're like, okay, well, everyone's yeah. saying like it seems like it works out for people, but man, like I'm still struggling right now, and it, it's hard to escape, hard to think past Absolutely. the past the yeah. now. You just have to get but, through the moment right now, and I think right now, like it's it's you know, I, there, anyone can tell you so many different things. You can look at any motivational videos. It's hard. Yeah. You're gonna sit yeah. down. You're gonna yeah. take that exam. You have to read. You know this entire well, textbook. Do you guys still use Depiro? Do you? Do you? Yeah, well, I, I don't use books, but yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I just aged myself. Like, I just aged myself. Like, do you use? Yeah, we use laptops now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ebooks. We don't even know what they're called. Oh, ebooks. Ebooks is that what they're called? E-books? Yeah. E-books? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they they usually just recommend that we get the book, but the professors are good. We just we just use we just use the laptops. Well, back in the day. Well, now we know she was a nerd and read <laughs> Depiro. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> I didn't read you all of exactly that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that question, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I love how I asked if you read Depiro. Like, uh, I, would, I would defer to my colleague. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I well, we respect your time. I know you have a meeting to go to. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we just wanted to give you a thank you call. And we'll sign this after the camera's over. Thank you. But, yeah, so That's you. so sweet. Thank yeah. you, guys. Yep. And, Show it to uh, the class. Yeah. So you want to read, read out to them? Yeah, it says, thank you for helping us change the culture of healthcare. And that's that's true. I think anybody, if you're a healthcare worker out there, professional, I should say, healthcare professional out there, it is up to us to really change this culture. And I am very, very impressed to see what these guys are doing because I've not seen anything like this. I mean, I talk about them all the time with my <laughs> friends and colleagues. Like, there's this really amazing group that's starting a, or has started a podcast, right? Fourth episode. This is our fourth episode. Fourth. fourth episode. I can't wait to see where this is going to go because I think you guys are going to be interviewing Jeff yeah. probably at Amazon oh. at some point. Oh, Jeff Bezos? Probably, yeah. I'm, we coming for you. Possibly. Yeah. Right? We're, we're coming for him and his yeah, I mean, I I'll, I'll do the filming. Don't worry, I'll stay in the background. He, he already heard us. He already heard us. Oh no, no, Amazon Prime for me. Yeah. But it's really important. It's really important that we change the culture because if technology can do it out there, the electronic business can do it out there. Why aren't we trying to do that for us? So it's going to be the new thing. Really appreciate those words. Yes, thank you. Thank so you, much. guys. So do you want to ask the? Um, and so yeah, and so just uh, we're starting a little tradition here at the Healthcare Scholar Audio Experience. Uh, we always end our podcast with a guest uh, question, and the question is, if you could change one thing about healthcare, what would it be? I think I already said it over and over again. I would like to change the experience for the employee. I think we need to go away from the traditional culture of, you know, we clock in, we clock out, we have to do our work. It's up to us as leaders to really change that dynamic um, culture. And I think if you invest in your employees' interests, you're going to see higher outcomes and higher um, satisfaction in their jobs. So that's one thing I absolutely want to change. We should be operating like any other for-profit company, even though we are nonprofit in nature a lot of times. So how we're going to do that is up to us because I want great employees working for our organization as well as any other health organization that's going to take care of me. So that's what I want to change. All right. Let's change the culture of healthcare together. Dr. Priya Patel. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right.